You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. I hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Still exhaling after all the football and, of course, last night. We'll check in with the Packers coming up. What is the future? The immediate future. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. More phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. Your opportunity to provide some content for this program. Also, sign up for the newsletter if you haven't already. It's a great recap of the day. We give you a lot of heads up, uh, what's going on, new T-shirts, a lot of sales that are going on there. Dan Patrick newsletter available. Comes out every day at 6 Eastern. You go to danpatrick.com. Just put in your email address in the box that slides out, bottom right-hand corner. And we're not going to barrage you with a bunch of things there. We want to be respectable to you and your email. Uh, but you can find out before anybody else does that uh, Seton's schedule is uh, his Rand McNally of going from Connecticut to Los Angeles. And we'll reveal that on the newsletter coming up later on this afternoon. Not sure if he's going north or going south, but uh, or somewhere in between. But it uh, feels like there's some alternative routes that have to be uh, part of the process. Yes. Well, yeah, we're definitely starting northeast and heading southwest. So okay, somewhere in between. With a thought that you might go a little further north. I think we're going to try to go further north, but I did look ahead. It looks like Tuesday, Wednesday, there might be some snow in the Midwest. So that might push us further south. Okay. All right. Who is doing the planning here? Who's, like, like <laughs> the, the logistics? The, the weather part of this is what I would like to know. Uh, the weather channel? Okay. Oh, so you're trusting, like, Jim Cantori? I, I have great uh, faith in weather people. Okay. All right. Because if you get into, like, a snowstorm and you can't get out, <laughs> that's bad. It's, a, it's a very much a possibility. Yeah. Very much. Yeah, but you know the the south and southwest, uh, they've had some some uh, chillier temperatures there. But uh, just want to make sure you get from point A to point B in the span of seven days. Definitely, you do know you have to be in Los Angeles a week from this Saturday. I'm going to do my best to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Paulie. I looked up a, a lovely Midwestern town, Oklahoma City. I figured that's kind of if Seton goes southerly. That's kind of the area he'll be cutting through. Mm. Well, I got 61 as a high in a week and a half. Okay. Sunny, partly cloudy. I know, I know, but he keeps talking about Colorado. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I've always wanted to go to like Iowa, Nebraska, all of those places. And that that's where I'm really trying to get up into that okay. neck of the woods. All right. All right. Well, we'll uh, reveal the route on the newsletter coming up later on today. May I get Brock Purdy? Oh. He's still in school, could swing by. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we could probably do that. Yeah. Uh, Pritzi is back, better than ever. What's going on? Hey, Todd. Uh, poll question from the first hour, and hey, that's mean-spirited. There's no celebration. <laughs> I thought they are going to be clapping or something. Oh, Todd's back. Great to see you. Yay. Uh, poll question, Todd. The Bills lost because 81% say they couldn't stop Mahomes with 13 seconds to go. 19% blame it on the OT coin flip. Well, it's obvious they couldn't stop them in overtime. I mean, the primary reason the Bills are not advancing. And 81% say not being able to stop Mahomes. Okay. So stop blaming that heads or tails deal okay. that Josh Allen was so good at yeah. up until yesterday. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Are we going to go with that poll question hour two? You got another one. Um, we could work on some other things as well. That's what we have so far for hour two, but we can uh, look at a few other ones. Okay. 
I know that we love recency bias where we go, that's the best game I've ever seen. Well, sometimes we look at the best finish of a game and then we say, oh, that's the best game I've ever seen. Like, can you tell me anything else that happened when Kirk Gibson hit the home run against Dennis Eckersley? That was game one of the World Series. You know, the Bill Buckner, you know, ball goes through his legs. That's the greatest game I've ever seen. That was game six. Like, sometimes we're, we look at an ending and say it's a great game as opposed to start to finish, that was a great game. And the reason why I would lean towards that Kansas City-Buffalo game last night as being one of the greatest games I've ever seen is it was just back and forth. You had great players making great plays. And you had, you know, what we hope is going to be a Peyton Manning-Tom Brady kind of rivalry between those two quarterbacks. It was so much fun to watch. And if you want to put it up there, I go back to when you had uh, the Chargers against the Dolphins. That was back in the early 70s. That was when Kellen Winslow, they were like, or 80s, they were carrying him off the field. Like he was just, he was drained. They had, uh, you can go with the Dolphins against the Kansas City Chiefs with Ed Podolak being the star for the Chiefs. Like there's a lot of great games. Uh, you know, you do the Packers and the Cowboys, the Ice Bowl. So many great games that have taken place. Aside from those in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Paulie. Dan, you mentioned that game. That's the one that I thought of this morning. Dolphins, uh, Chargers, January 2nd, 1982. It was a playoff game. The Chargers were coming off uh, the week before. They were in Cincinnati for the coldest game of all time. So, you know, that was hot weather. Um, the Chargers got out to a 24-0 lead. The Dolphins tied it up and went to overtime. That's the game with Kellen Winslow being carried off. That was 41-38 Chargers. Actually, they won that game. Is it the next week? Then they went to Cincinnati. Right. They went from South Florida to the coldest game in NFL history in six days. <laughs> and they looked like they didn't want to be there. But it was a wonderful game back and forth. And I know that what happens sometimes when your team, you know, you feel like get, get screwed or the team that you're rooting for, then you want something to change. I don't know if the NFL changes over time because of this. But it feels like because the Buffalo Bills were the ones who didn't get a chance in overtime, maybe they agree to examine it. I mean, I look at this and I go, if you want to have it where in the playoffs, only in the playoffs, each team gets a chance. No matter what the one team does, you get a chance. They score a touchdown, you get a chance. They kick a field goal, you get a chance. And if you score a touchdown after they've scored a field goal, whatever it is, it used to be called sudden death overtime. And you want to take away the sudden death and it's just overtime? That's fine. I don't know if the competition committee will have this, you know, on the docket, but maybe they do. Sometimes this is what happens where we feel like that's not fair. It shouldn't have ended that way. I can pretty much guarantee you if Buffalo had won that way, not as many people would have a problem with that. Yes, Eden. If the Buccaneers won that way, oh, people would be very upset. Yes, they would be. Yes, they would. <laughs> Have we gotten an injury update on Tom Brady's lip yet? No, but people are praying. You know, okay. uh, must You know, uh, we're concerned. We're keeping an eye. Yeah, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. But I mean, if you're going to do it like Jeter did when he dove into the stands and there's blood, like like Brady needed blood. He needed it dripping down on his jersey. I mean that that's where. I mean that's that's football right there. He just had kind of a 
Like a Kardashian pouty lip or something. Yes, uh, Pauline. Or the J.J. Watt nose break of 2014 Ooh. where he let it bleed out for three quarters. Yes. That's how you sell it. Yeah, he never let that scab heal on his nose. Nope. And it would feel like the helmet would come down and then he'd start bleeding again. And you go, yeah, that's how you do it. And Tom had the home white jersey on, a little bit of blood on there. Come on. Uh, the Packers, popular Super Bowl pick all season long. Hello. But Green Bay unable to handle business against the Niners, the divisional round. And if you want to point the blame, I guess the Packers special teams. But And that unit has been a concern all year long. They didn't do Aaron Rodgers any favors on Saturday. But bad special teams performance is probably a bad excuse because the offense was held to just 10 points at home, coming off a bye. Remember, they were getting healthy. The Niners on the road again. The weather was playing into the Packers' hands, right? Green Bay now has a difficult offseason. Packers projected to be more than $40 million over the salary cap. And that number becomes more alarming when you realize Devontae Adams is a free agent. So you got to address a few things here. Do you want to keep Aaron Rodgers? You want to have a competitive roster. Can you have a competitive roster and not keep Aaron Rodgers? Can you have a competitive roster if you do keep him? And what do you do with the salary cap issues? They have been to one Super Bowl in Aaron Rodgers' career. They've won two Super Bowls in Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre's careers combined. I don't know if the team and player are asking the same question here. If you want to talk about blame, I mean, I I start with Aaron Rodgers. You go down the field, it's seven to nothing. And I just thought that there was no sense of urgency. Like, I don't think they thought San Francisco could possibly win that game. And we probably didn't either until the block punt. But they let them hang around. And this is a team that does not get style points. San Francisco just wins. And, you know, I never thought, well, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to win this game for him. Somebody else has to win this game. And that's Debo Samuel. And the special teams. But I saw this. Uh, Peter King had this. 14 years and two days previous to Saturday night's game, Brett Favre's Packers were 14-3 and three and lost to the Giants when uh, Lawrence Tynes had a 47-yard field goal as time expired. Minus 23 wind chill game. Here's Rodgers, 13-4. Packers lost to the Niners on a 45-yard field goal as time expired. Zero wind chill game. If it was Rodgers' last game as a Packer, it will be hauntingly familiar to Brett Favre. Yeah, Paul. I was just looking at uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was 11 of 19 for 131 yards and a bad pick. They didn't run the ball, 3.7 yards a carry. I think they had 212 yards of total offense. And if you take away Debo Samuel, they have 100 yards of total offense. That's nothing. They basically no-showed for four quarters, except that last drive. Packers are now 7-9 and in the playoffs since winning the Super Bowl. That's inexcusable. And, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers is just one of those great regular season quarterbacks. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, I know that we say he's the best of all time, most talented that we've ever seen. Whatever adjective, whatever description, do you win? That's what the position's all about. Fair or not, all of the quarterbacks... Through history, we want to know what did you do in the postseason. And Aaron Rodgers 
a home playoff game, lost again. This has to be on Aaron Rodgers to start with. And yes, it's a team loss. But Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has never scored less than 20 points in a playoff game. But you had 30 years of Favre and Rodgers. These are, these are two of the 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time. But I liken, you know, when we talk about certain players in other sports as well, like Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox, you could say, is the greatest right-handed pitcher of all time. He wasn't a good postseason pitcher. Clayton Kershaw had that for a while, whereas Kurt Schilling was a good regular season pitcher, but he was a great postseason pitcher. If Jim Kelly had won one or two of those Super Bowls, we look at Jim Kelly completely different than we do. Now it's you lost four in a row. If he went two and two or three and one, Jim Kelly would be one of the top, what, five quarterbacks? Top seven quarterbacks of all time? That's how we grade you. Whether it's fair or not, that's how we grade you. And Aaron Rodgers, if you're the best of all time, you don't have that playoff record. And the losses at home. He was one in four, I think, in NFC title games. He didn't even get to the title game this year. Jeff in Detroit joins us. Hi, Jeff. Best and worst of the weekend. What up, though? One time for Chat Row. Listen, Dan, my passion bucket for football is for Detroit is rejoicing in Matt Stafford's victory. And I would have everybody to remember that when Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford got together, he made that man a, a, a Hall of Famer. And I see the same thing for, for Cooper Cup. You know what I'm saying, Dan? For Cooper Cup, it really looks like that that guy is going to be in a Hall of Fame. My question to you is this, though. Has there ever been a time where three out of the four divisional opponents have all lost to uh, underdogs as well as lost to a field goal at the end of the game? I don't think so. But, uh, I mean, we can ask research there. Thank you, Jeff. Great to hear from you. Is Detroit rejoicing today because of Matthew Stafford or is Detroit rejoicing today because Aaron Rodgers lost? Feels like it might be more of let's uh, let let's celebrate in the the suffering that Aaron Rodgers is going through. Yeah, Paul. Here's one that's even worse. Bears fans are in such a bad place <laughs> that Robbie Gold, the kicker who's fantastic, uh, who we let go years ago to save a couple bucks, we... takes out Aaron Rodgers, right, with the Niners. Yeah, and Robbie Gold could have been on the Bears roster this whole time. I'm sure, that would have mattered a lot. But I mean, that's why Bears fans are they're rejoicing, but with our old kicker. And you know, I still watch. Some of these plays, some of these decisions, some of these moments, like the Bills kicking off. And Tony Romo in real time said, you know, I would, I would make them run the ball, get a couple of seconds off the clock. And he said it before, and I give him a lot of credit in the moment. Um, and he's had, a, he's had a good postseason run because he had a couple of, you know, the, the Dallas game. He had a good final minute there calling that out in real time as well. But, you know, you're watching these games – And they come down to, like, the smallest thing. What you do, what you don't do. When you do it. Is it a prevent defense? Did somebody forget Cooper Cup? Is it, you know, really good? Like, like I I kept watching Tampa, and I go, okay, you're putting a lot of pressure. And the secondary never felt like it knew what the hell. Like, one half of the secondary didn't know what the other half was doing. But, you know, I'll give credit to Stafford. 
because you had all that confidence and all that confidence went away in the Rams. And then all of a sudden it came back and you made a couple of big throws. Yeah, see. And you have some a bunch of coordinators in these games that are up for, say, yeah. head coaching jobs. Yeah. Do you think how much do you think that some of these calls are affecting that? I don't know if it hurts Todd Bowles because he's a great defensive coordinator for Tampa. But boy, I, I had some head scratching moments where I go, they don't know what they, they they don't know what they're doing. The players are arguing with each other. That's not a good sign. Yeah, Paul. Don't you think it's like a perception thing? Todd Bowles is the same candidate as he was three days ago. But if you're a team that's going <laughs> to hire him, you're thinking, how do we sell this one at the press conference? And, and you know, Dan Quinn's going to get a job, a head coaching job. He wasn't a good head coach. And it goes back to what I've said. There are guys who were just great coordinators. I don't know if he's a great coach. I know that he was highly thought of at USC. And he's highly thought of with the Denver Broncos right now. And he's highly thought of with the Dallas Cowboys. But... I was told there's no great, sexy candidates out there. And we still don't know what's going to happen with uh, Jim Harbaugh. But, you know, that might be the sec. I still think Sean Payton might be in the mix somewhere. Maybe Dallas, because Jerry Jones hasn't backed up Mike McCarthy. To the contrary. All right, we'll take a break. We're going to check in with the Packers coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Mode 4x4 by Storyteller Overland. Google it. You'll see what we're giving away. The DP Show Ultimate Camping Rig Sweepstakes. I don't know if Seton and the French Kid are camping along the way. I think we're going to try when we get further out west. Where it's are, a little warmer. Or glamping. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd yeah. be more like glamping. It's a little more comfortable than camping. Yeah, yeah it's glamorous camping. It's glamping. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But you can win the uh, Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. Go to danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com. Enter, get official rules, a chance to win this amazing Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. danpatrick.com, foxsportsradio.com. Have to do it by February 2nd, so you'll be in the hopper, and uh, then we'll have the draw uh, drawing there for you. But you're talking about a Mercedes-Benz van Expect innovative safety features, the MBUX voice command system, five-star dealer network, and available gas engine. DanPatrick.com. Do so by February 2nd. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This program brought to you by Impeller. Empower your investment portfolio with opportunities in Puerto Rico. Impeller, a new online tool that connects investors with innovative projects on the island. Available now, Impeller, your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico. Learn more at investpr.org slash Impeller. The Packers are now the team that has the most regular season wins in a three-year span. 39 without a Super Bowl appearance. Rob Domofsky of ESPN, NFL Nation, covers the Packers. He's been covering the Packers since 1997. If I didn't watch the game, how would you describe it, Rob? Uh, Aaron Rodgers was playoff Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers special teams was the Packers special teams for the last 15 years. Both bad. Um, You said Rodgers was playoff Rodgers. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, Dan, since the Super Bowl uh, in 2010, I I remember talking to you in the airport in Dallas, flying home from that Super Bowl, and I remember us talking about the possibility 
of a dynasty. Well, they haven't even been back to a Super Bowl, let alone won one. His record in 16 playoff games since the Super Bowl is 7-9. I mean, that's a season, or at least that's what a season used to be, right? 16 games. Uh, I think that's enough evidence to tell you that he's a, a subpar, sub-500 uh, postseason quarterback. And if you think about it, he's really had, like, two great playoff games since then, and that's both the Dallas games in 14 and 16. Uh, look, he is a fantastic quarterback. And if you asked me if I'd rather have him or take my chances with an unknown, I would definitely take him. There's no doubt about that. You want to be in position to be in the playoffs. But it's a little surprising to me that his playoff record and performance isn't better than it's been. And I was wondering about this, Rob, that we keep waiting to hear from Aaron. Like, does Aaron want to play? Does he want to come back? And I'm thinking, aren't the Packers the ones in control here? Well, you know, that's a great point. I I would say – 48 hours ago, I would have said this is pretty much all Aaron Rodgers' decision. Uh, The last 48 hours since that game ended, I think the Packers do have to look at it and say, is it going to happen here? You know, is it going to happen with him? Matt LaFleur told us after the game, we'd be crazy not to want him back. But And Matt LaFleur obviously is a part of the decision, but he's not the only decision maker. I do think that it's still more Rodgers' call than the Packers, but I, I think there's probably some conversations being had uh, across town at 1265 Lombardi Avenue discussing that exact thing. Yeah, because I, I kept thinking, well, what's he going to cost you? Can you afford Devontae Adams? Is yeah. there a part of you that do you want to go through this again in the offseason or when he shows up at camp or everything else that kind of goes along with him? And do you, you know, if you trade him, let's say to Denver and you get right. whatever picks for him, uh, decide what you want to do with Devontae Adams. Can you afford him? Um, I'm just trying to figure out what makes the most sense for the Packers. As much as you say, we can't let Aaron yeah. Rodgers walk, this is a organization that's made tough decisions before. And it's still, are you in a rebuild? Or are you just going to reload? Yeah, I don't know that it's a it's a rebuild except from for one position, the quarterback position, if Rodgers doesn't come back. And you you heard him say, right, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. The, the soundbite that you didn't hear, the question I asked him was, uh, do you think if you do come back that you have enough pieces to make a legitimate run, given the fact that, like you said, Devontae Adams is a free agent, given the fact that they've got all these salary cap uh, constraints? And Rodgers said, I don't know. That's a fair question. Definitely something I've considered. And and I know you're asking about it from the Packers standpoint, but from Roger's standpoint, even he looks at it like maybe we may not have enough, even if I do come back. So the question is how big of a rebuild is it? And I think the answer is in part how good the next quarterback is or is not. Is Jordan Love the future quarterback? He will get a chance to be, but at this point, after two seasons – um, no one can sit here and say for sure that he's the guy. Now, at this point uh, with Rodgers, I don't know that we can say that either. It was in that third season, you remember, in 07, when Favre got hurt in that game down in Dallas, and Rodgers played lights out. Almost, They didn't win the game, but they were down big time. And that was the first time I think everybody walked out of there going, okay, I can see why they drafted uh, Rodgers. I can see that there's a chance that, that he might be the next guy. We've seen Jordan Love you know, play uh, obviously a full game in Kansas City, play uh, half a game 
in Detroit in that meaningless regular season finale. And I don't think there's anybody that's willing to say, yeah, I can see it. Rob Domofsky covers the Packers, NFL Nation Packers reporter, and he's been covering this team since 1997. You know, when you put together Favre and Rodgers, I mean, we're talking three decades and you got two Super Bowls. Yeah. Um, is that just a coincidence? You know, let me say this, Dan. Last year uh, when the Packers were playing the Saints, uh, we had a, 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 one of our editors at ESPN.com wanted to do a story on why Rodgers and Breeze haven't won more Super Bowls. And you, you know what my answer was? It's really freaking hard <laughs> to win Super Bowls. You know, like, yeah. again, yeah, should they have gone to more? Like, do we feel differently about – the Favre tenure because at least he got to a second one. They didn't win it, right? I mean, they won in, in 96 and, and lost as a, what, a two-touchdown underdog to, to the – or, sorry, two-touchdown favorite, excuse me, to the, to the Broncos. Should we feel better about that than we do about Rodgers only getting to one? You know, you can make that argument, or you can just make that argument that they, that they didn't get enough out of 30-whatever-it-is years of, of incredible quarterback play, and what are the chances – that they're able to, to sustain that for another generation of quarterback play. I want you on record so we can bring it back. Oh is boy. The starting quarterback for the Packers week one is. <laughs> so let me just say this. They asked me this on, I think one of the ESPN radio stations like last May. And I said, I thought there was less than a 5% chance. Oh, I remember. Take it. I, I'll tell you what, I am now, like, people who I want to come at me, I'm Mr. 5%. What do you have to say now, Mr. 5%? Uh, I, 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 I just, I hate to do this, but I just don't know. I thought he was going to be back this season. I don't think he's going to be back next season. No. And I, I'll make it clear, like, uh, like I'm not rooting for one way or another. Like it's 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 a compelling story either way. And and you know, Dan, you you can't spell media without me. We want a good story. So you know, whatever the best story is going to be, that's that's what I would like to see happen. I have no. I, if he comes back, great. If he doesn't come back, that's fine too. We'll tell the story either way. More likely to retire, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Tom Brady. Okay. You think Rodgers is playing somewhere next year? I mean, you know, look, I, I know I what, what said what I said about his playoff performance, but man, I mean, the year he can still play, right? I mean, like he's still going to give somebody, whether it's these guys, you know, or Denver, Pittsburgh, whoever it may be, uh, he's going to give somebody the chance to, to make a run. Whether he does it or not, you know, that remains to be seen. He can still play. And they would trade him to an AFC team. They wouldn't allow him – to come back and haunt him in the NFC? Yeah, remember in the summer of 08 when uh, they, tra- they traded Favre to the Jets? Ted Thompson, the general manager at the time, went to Brett and said, I've got a deal with Tampa and I've got a deal with the Jets. They're basically the same. Which one do you want? And Favre says, I, I want to go to Tampa. So they sent him to the Jets. <laughs> Just send him to the Lions, then he can't haunt you. <laughs> Yeah, there's that too. Hey, Rob, thank you. I know you got a busy day. We appreciate your time as always. Yeah, always great to see you, Dan. Mr. Five Percenter. I like that. Rob Domofsky, ESPN NFL Nation Packers reporter. Oh, yeah, I singled that out with Rob. It's like 5%. Uh, 
I don't, you know, body language. It's like last year when they lost in the NFC title game. The body language didn't look good. Even what he was saying and how he was saying it. And usually what happens is, you know, it's right after a loss, the disappointment, you're at home, you're going against Brady. Like, this is different. Like, you were going against the Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, you should have had this. And as much as we could talk about special teams, absolutely. But it shouldn't have been in a position where if there is a mistake or two mistakes, just get another field goal or two. Get one touchdown. It just, it, it didn't feel like there was this sense of, we got to pile this on. We got to pile up points against these guys. All right. Some phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. We'll also give you hours coming up. Uh, Joe in South Carolina. Hi, Joe. Good morning, Dan. Hi. Uh, five nine one sixty. All right. Uh, my best uh, was Matt Stafford showing he can do it. All I'm right. a long-time Lion fan, unfortunately, but hey, right. <laughs> what can you say? All right. And my second second best was uh, being in the hospital, getting surgery while your show was on on Friday, <laughs> but it was successful, so we're not we're not complaining too much. Um, I've got a couple of songs for Seton to listen to. You might recognize these. I doubt he will because they're by um, Harry Nilsson. Okay. It's Jumping Through the Fire right. and um, You're Breaking My Heart. He needs right. to listen to them on the way. They're two good songs. All right. Well, thank you, Joe. Once again, we get somebody who has uh, had surgery laid up, and that's the only reason why they're watching the program. If you want to offer up, you know, places for Seton to stop and also music, too, a nice little soundtrack to the West Coast, that would be nice. Go through certain towns, states, cities where maybe that song is famous or a musician lives. That'd be awesome, too. Yeah, because yeah, we're getting a lot of recommendations on where to eat. Yeah. So we've got restaurants for the next four weeks or so. Yeah, a little soundtrack. Soundtrack would be great. Soundtrack. That'd be good. Mo in Arizona joins us. Mo, good to have you back. Morning, Dan. Dan, that's Hey, Seaton. I got. Uh, I know you did. You're already coming to Phoenix. I uh, just remind you that I live in Tempe, about a mile from ASU campus. There's a street called Mill Avenue that has about 50 bars, and my cousin owns a dispensary. So look me up. <laughs> yeah. Having said that, uh, the best. I got two bests. One is uh, obviously the way the special teams pulled it out for the Niners. And uh, number two is how quiet my phone got when they blocked that punt. <laughs> because when everybody was on me all day, and then as soon as they blocked that punt, my phone got completely quiet. My worst is, um, I guess I have to go. I wish I could have had Tom Brady go ahead so we could have got the Tom Brady against Garoppolo matchup. That would have been headline. Yeah, it would. That would have been spicy. Uh, since, And thank you, Mo. Uh, he's rumored to be the quarterback that Tom Brady said, are you going to stay with that bleep? Now, everybody's denied it because Brady and Garoppolo have the same agent, but it still feels like that that's, that story is lingering there, or has been. Uh, let's see. How about uh, Matt in Cincinnati? Well, I assume I know what the best is, Matt. Hey, boss. And what's up? Who day? Who day? Uh, who day? And uh, it's, thanks for having me back. Uh, I was on vacation in Lebanon for a couple of years, if you know what I mean. Oh. Uh, definitely best. Yeah. Best of the weekend. The Bengals going to Tennessee and taking care of business. Um, the worst of the weekend, obviously, Aaron Rodgers stinking it up at home. But setting up a possible 
revenge Super Bowl for our Bengals against the 49ers. <laughs> and let's get Seaton down here in Cincinnati on the way to Los Angeles, get some chili, some Ryan guys, uh, some craft beers in his life. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. I think Matt was talking about the Lebanon Correctional Institute. And uh, <laughs> I uh, have some guys that I went to school with who went to the Lebanon Correctional Institute. And I uh, went out there and played basketball. I'd play, we, we'd get a team and we'd go out and play against the inmates uh, every couple of weeks. And I remember playing in a game and I looked up and saw a guy that I went to school with. And he's one of the inmates there. And I waved to Kevin and he said, hey, I got money bet on you guys. And I go, oh my God. <laughs> you know, I got smokes bet on you guys. Yeah, pulling. Seven years in Lebanon sounds like a Johnny Cash song, doesn't it? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Uh, you want to go around the room? Do uh, best and worst of the weekend? How about we take a break? We'll come back. More phone calls as well. We'll check in with the Bengals and their very confident place kicker. And uh, Carson Palmer will join us coming up as well. Got a lot to get to back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup since starts fantasy football players rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition listen to i want your flex with mike Harmon and me dan buyer on the iHeartRadio app apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts best and worst of the weekend more phone calls coming up bengals kicker evan mcpherson will join us coming up evan mcfearless evan kickpherson He'll join us uh, coming up. I guess he said on the sidelines before he went in for the game-winning kick, I guess we're going to the AFC title game. He's a rookie. I love it. He said it to his teammate. Yep, guess we're going to the AFC title game. Went out there and made his kick. And he doesn't watch the ball go through the upright. He, he kicks it, and then I think he, like, turns. Like, almost, you know, when, when, when Bird won the three-point shooting contest and he, he took the shot, and then he just put that <laughs> crooked index finger up and walked off. That's almost the feeling you get with this guy. Yeah, Paul. I can't wait to hear how he said it to his teammates. Did he announce it to the sidelines, or did he whisper it to the holder? I guess we're going to the ASC title game. Like, how did he broadcast it? All four games this weekend decided by a game-winning score on the final play, the most such games in an entire postseason since at least 1991. All right, best and worst of the weekend. Uh, let's go with Todd. Todd, best and worst of the weekend. Best of the weekend. I'm giving co-best to the Bengals and Niners for taking down the one seeds on the road Saturday, especially Houday Nation, since he winning at Dallas and at uh, Lambeau back-to-back. Very impressive how they took, uh, how they both teams taking out the one seeds. Worst, Bulls-Bucks Friday night. Grayson Allen strikes again. Mm-hmm. Flagrant foul and Alex Caruso at the rim results in a fractured wrist. Has to be reevaluated in six to eight weeks. Allen gets suspended one game. Yeah, it's not a coincidence with him because... I, I looked at the play numerous times. They had numerous angles. And he goes up, and I thought he was okay when he first went up with Caruso. And then he grabbed him and, and almost pulled him down in midair. And then I had a real problem with that. And, and go over and make sure he's okay. 
I mean, I don't know what this is where you hit somebody, you may have hurt somebody, just go over and say, hey, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. It, it just, it, it's not a coincidence. It's Grayson Allen. That's a shame. Seton O'Connor, best and worst. My best of the weekend is Bill's wide receiver, Gabriel Davis. Mm. Man, what a day for that kid. He has four touchdowns, two in the final two minutes. Mm. I know that they lost, but that's a hell of a hell of a game for that kid. Yep. Uh, my worst of the weekend was actually uh, Ram safety Eric Weddle. He, after the play, just a split second after the play, he popped Mike Evans right in the chin with his helmet. I don't know if it was the crown of his helmet necessarily. And so I'm watching that, and I tweeted out, um, <laughs> why isn't he getting ejected from the game? Like, why didn't he get thrown out? And I had no fewer than 50,000 people be like, because it's college, <laughs> idiot! Because we're not watching a college game. I swear I've seen people in the NFL get thrown out for those kinds of hits. Well, but I guess not. <laughs> if it was college, he would have been thrown out. That was a dirty play. By him. 15 yards. Yeah, that's it. Just like, up, oh, sorry. Yeah, Paulie? Uh, the two-point conversion. The Bills took the lead by one point with about two minutes to go. Josh Allen scrambled about three different ways, then went going left, threw across his body to the right. An unbelievable catch by Stefan Diggs, who the ball was going away from. That was one of the best plays I've ever seen from both sides of the ball. Um, and then the worst of the weekend, which luckily is not that big of a deal, Cam Akers, the running back for the Rams, that fumble he had when they were trying to run out the clock, mm-hmm. that could be one of those that haunt you for mm-hmm. life and turned out the other way. Yeah. You know, I was also curious about the penalties this weekend. Significantly fewer penalty yards per game this weekend. 64 yards. um, Last week was 96 yards. Uh, Conference championship uh, and wild card last year had fewer penalty yards per game than the divisional round this year. You could also point out the uh, 64 penalty yards per game, the lowest, the fewest in a divisional round since 2011. It, it just felt like maybe this was a directive. Let's, let's not – you don't want the officials to be the story here. And it felt like they were guiding a game, not dictating a game. That, you know, we're going to let some things go a little bit here. Um, you know, the Bills and Chiefs? 25 penalty yards between them. Yes. But it's weird to watch something that in week two was a penalty that now in round two isn't, you know? I know. Where, you know, Tyreek Hill, if that's week two, he gets tagged for unsportsmanlike, you know, for taunting, for throwing up the peace sign while he's going into the end zone. That's that's a penalty. And I wonder if he's going to get fined for that, you know, after the fact. I don't know if Eric Weddle is going to get fined after the fact. Like, if you're a Rams player or a Rams fan, you don't care that Eric Weddle is going to get fined $25,000. I mean, there, there was dudes that, like, would just turn the wrong direction after making a play and the flag was yeah. being thrown. Well, they got one on Indomitian Sue because Stafford kicked him and Indomitian Sue was saying something to him, so the official only heard him saying something. And then gave him the you know the penalty there, taunting penalty, yeah, Paul. But maybe the peace sign is about harmony and brotherhood and all that good stuff. It's more of a positive thing. Hey, I, I'm not making funny. I'm just saying peace to you as I roll on past. Yeah, nice try. Don't be too upset yeah. about this. I wish you peace. Onward and upward with your life. I'm in the end zone. But didn't somebody else do a peace sign last year and they got fined for it? I think. Was it and they they, they, the they turned and gave a yeah. peace sign and then it was oh the turning act right yeah. there that is a taunting move 
taunting like gesture. But but if I was running in and holding the ball and I used my other arm and I flipped you off and gave you the bird, but I didn't face you. <laughs> right. Now, am I allowed to get away with that? One finger bad, two fingers good. Yeah. Two but, fingers. But I'm not taunting you to your face. You just happen to see me flip you off. Oh, so many rules. Uh, Seth in Houston. Hi, Seth. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dan. Welcome to your Monday. Uh, so picture it, Dan. It's 1993. I was 10 years old, and Pat Summerall was on the call, and he said, Welcome to San Francisco, where the 49ers will be taking on the Dallas Cowboys. A week from now, they'll be playing the Pro Bowl in Honolulu, Hawaii. The week after, in Miami, they'll play the Super Bowl. Today in Candlestick Park, we'll play both. And that, to me, is what I got a lot of feelings uh, that reminded me of that game in the Rams and the Bucks game. You know, Rams go up early, 27-3, to just like the Cowboys went down 21-0 to see Young's Niners. And then Brady came roaring back like only he can, and the game was just incredible. Um, and it's one of the most exciting games I've seen in 38 years of life. We're so, so freaking lucky to have the NFL. Thanks, Danny. All right. Thank you, Seth. Yeah, I, I thought it was an okay game. I thought just the tension of here comes Brady. Here he comes. Because it's 27 to 3. And I watched Twitter, and they're like, this one is over. This one is done. On to the NFC title game. And I thought, I never bet against Brady. Now, did I think the Rams were going to win? I did. But you just know that he's there. And it, and it just felt like, God, here he goes. And you were giving him time. And there's a fumble. I, I text the Danettes. I'm like, if they need a couple of turnovers, if they're going to win this. And then, you know, they had a couple of turnovers. And then you're going, man, they're going to win this damn thing. Yeah, see. And to have them sort of happen back to back to back like that, uh, where you have Cooper Cup fumbles. And I don't know if it was on the next possession, or, but it was pretty soon right after that you had the weird snap that Matthew Stafford missed. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, this is all really happening. Uh, it was in the Super Bowl. Winfield gave the peace sign to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> he did it right in his mug, Right too. in his face. <laughs> and and they were stopped. It, it wasn't like it was a play that was moving. It was just Winfield was like, peace out. Uh, we'll get to more. We'll get to more phone calls coming up. Carson Palmer will join us coming up. And the uh, the Bengals rookie kicker, Evan McPherson. He's been unbelievable. He's made 11 field goals of 50 yards or more. Most by a kicker in a single season all time, if you include the regular season and the postseason. Also, 18 for 18 on the road this season. We'll uh, ask him, who did he say looks like we're going to the AFC title game prior to that game-winning kick? More phone calls as well. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter later today. Seton will give you the route that he's taken cross-country. You can follow along back after this. One more item, hour two. Puerto Rico, the new go-to destination for quality investment opportunities, but finding the right projects to invest in can be a tall task. Impeller takes the guesswork out of the equation. Impeller is a new online tool spearheaded by Invest Puerto Rico that facilitates connections between investors and on-island projects looking for capital discover innovative projects across all sectors from healthcare and tech to clean energy commercial real estate visitor economies also impeller's easy to use features allow you to get right to the deal and you can find insights like financials 
company background, leadership, performance needs, and more. Invest Puerto Rico's Impeller is the smart move, the right move for making the most of your investment. Investpr.org forward slash Impeller. Set up your account today, then gain access to quality, innovative deals that are right for the taking. Impeller is your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico, powered by Invest Puerto Rico.